0: Sorry, my cat is yelling. Baby girl, I need you to be quiet. Baby girl, come here or go bother your dad.
1: Okay. Baby Um, girl doesn't actually follow those kind of directions. Come on. She kind of (laughs) does. Oh, my God. Hi, I'm Maya Grants. And I'm Rebecca Cohen. And this is The Sauce, the culture and politics podcast where we drink cocktails and ruin the stuff you love. In this episode, we
0: are going to ruin your fun on social media. I mean,
1: we didn't ruin it. We didn't ruin it.
0: We didn't ruin it, but we're going to point out how it's been ruined and get into what it all means.
1: Yes, Maya's shaking her head. I just feel like, what are we ruining? I mean, are we ruining (laughs) (laughs) anti-Semitism?
0: Well, that we already ruined anti-Semitism. That's the thing. I know! We did a whole episode on the new anti-Semitism.
1: We did a whole episode on Elon Musk and why he's a fucking idiot.
0: Exactly.
1: So this is really a follow-up episode on both. It is very
0: much that. Following up on the whole Twitter thing, Elon anti-Semitism. It's all coming together. You know, we're always ahead of the curve on these things.
1: Clearly we are. So, all right, we're (laughs) going to get into it. But first...
0: First, we got to check in. Maya, how are you doing this evening and what are you drinking?
1: I am drinking some straight tequila and it's been a while since I've had a drink and it is good. (laughs) It's like over ice. The lime is right. Like... It is satisfying on a very deep level. And I have to share with you guys, I did a, like a yoga training. Oh, yes. Don't fucking judge me. You were telling me about
0: this. Well, when you say yoga training, they're training you on how to do yoga better? Mm-hmm. Or are you like learning how to be a yoga instructor?
1: I mean, I can use it for credit towards teacher training if I if I do the homework.
0: That's a path you decide to go down. If that else. is
1: something that I do. But what was interesting was that we're, you know, she was talking about not just going to things because you go to them. I do this comfort thing because it's like I just go to it as a way of avoiding my thoughts or avoiding myself. And clearly drinking is is one of those things. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes when you do it, it's because you make the choice. You're not going to mindlessly sit there and eat a carton of ice cream. When you're going to eat the fucking ice cream, you're making a choice. Because sometimes you want the fucking ice cream and it's good for you to have it. And right now, it is good for me to be having this tequila. It is – I'm not – I'm not reactively drinking it.
0: Right. You're making an affirmative choice. And that is something that people who can't stop drinking never tell themselves for sure. (laughs)
1: But I don't usually drink. I'm just saying it's been you know, a while. are not even a big drinker. Not even a big drinker. It's been a while. Mm. Yeah, It is very satisfying. And then oh. other than that, yeah, I'm going on a spiritual vision quest. But what I will say about my yoga teacher, because I've been taking yoga with her for like 12 years. It is very interesting to be doing vision quest training with someone who is very much not a cult leader. And I'd spent a lot of my time during this training noting the ways that she is not a cult leader.
0: And you have been studying cult, cult leaders, cult leaders, right? You've been so, researching this. So you're you're well versed in the various characteristics that one ought to be on the lookout for exactly if you're dealing so with a cult leader.
1: She's actually kind of keeps her emotional distance. She cites all of her teachers. There's no part of her that's like, and I invented all this shit. Right. She she wants to hear how your experience is, but she isn't there love bombing you being like, tell me everything to then like suck mm. you in. There's very much a kind of respectful like, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. We're here doing this work. But our own journeys are our own journeys. I'm not trying to get into your journey. And I'm not trying to get you invested into getting into my journey. Right? Like right. we're keeping a respectful distance. And it was just so – it's very interesting to see somebody engaged in such a spiritual practice who is not a cult leader. And, right. And that, I was like taking my right. side notes on that all weekend. Like, ooh, another not cult leader tactic that she's taking.
0: <laughs> very it sounds like It sounds like
1: she's professional.
0: Like Yes. She is. Having boundaries like that is professional. Exactly. And appropriate. But it does, it is kind of interesting that in that context, you might expect something different.
1: Correct. Correct. And, and even when she's telling you how to, she's not, as the cult leaders always say, and I know I've shared this before, she's not looking for your ruin. Right? Mm. Like, that's what the Scientologists call it. Like, find their ruin. And that's how you really get somebody is like, oh, so you, so you do hate your mother. Tell me more about, and that's how they suck you in. Mm -hmm. Just like none of that, none of that. She's not exploiting your ruin. She's not trying to like manufacture an epiphanic experience for you. You do the practice. If you like it, you like it. You don't, you don't. You figure that out for yourself. In a lot of ways, she's like, I don't even want to know. Like- do your thing <laughs> you're here that's great you go home yeah. that's fine like that's great yeah that's really great. appreciated that so how are you doing and what are you drinking
0: um I am doing great overall I'm drinking a um okay I made this drink up it's almost finished at this point I'm gonna have to make another I'm calling it the blood libel <laughs> I knew you'd love that so it's chinar, grenadine. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And a little bit of like a 7 Up.
1: Okay. Okay. No Manischewitz in it. No, no Manischewitz. <laughs> I didn't happen
0: to have any. Um, that would have been great, though. Yeah. And it's just a touch of the blood of Christian children, right? The bitterness of the chinar is for the bitterness of our enslavement in Egypt or something like yeah. that. Yeah. bitterness um, of our tears. Yeah. I wanted it to be themed. Matt says it's the most disgusting thing he's ever tasted. I think it's (laughs) fine. I think it's pretty good.
1: You like Chinar, though. I do like Chinar. Chinar. I mean, that's... All right. Patrons, we love you. Our patrons, our $5 patrons, got a very special bonus episode where we went through the emotional stages of Trump indictments. And I think that if... (laughs) I think you all should become a $5 more patron so that you can get access to that because I actually feel like it's a pretty pretty good one but it's just for our $5 and up patrons.
0: Alright, so go to patreon.com slash sauce podcast to check out the membership levels and remember you do have to be at the $5 level to get the awesome bonus episode and other bonus content but all patrons at every level can join us on the sauce speakeasy or discord channel where we talk about all kinds of stuff and we would love to see you there Okay, finally, to our main topic, which is really a follow-up topic, uh, merging so many of our interests. <laughs> the, uh, the end of Twitter, the slow and painful end of Twitter.
1: And slower guys, than I thought it would be. The slower, slower than
0: I, you know. Slower than I expected. I really did think it would happen faster. Like, he's doing everything he can to ruin that fucking site. And it's still, like, hanging on. Um, and part of that is probably people like me, where I go on there just to see the shit show. And so that brings me to what we're about to discuss. Because a few weeks ago, I open up Twitter and I go to look at the trending topics, as I am inclined to do now and then, and I see hashtag ban the ADL.
1: Oh my god!
0: Which stands for Anti Defamation League. Anyone who's not familiar, that is an organization uh, that was founded in the early 20th century to battle anti-Semitism, basically. Yeah. <laughs> to anti-Semitism in, in media and public discourse and stuff like that. The the defamation of Jewish people is what they've yes. been trying to fight. Yes. But the point is that that was trending. Yes. And when you see that, it's like... Hmm, I have a suspicion what that could be, but you can't know for sure because uh, the ADL has been subject to criticism for various reasons that are not necessarily incorrect. Like, like <laughs> any
1: criticism of Israel is anti-Semitism. Yeah. No, we're going to get to that. that. that we're way? Gonna, okay, we're, we're going to get, get, get to, to that. that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So the hashtag was started by white supremacists. One of the main instigators of it was this guy, Keith Woods, who's just like, a white nationalist. Like, I'm not- We're
1: not like, we're not being
0: dramatic, guys. Right. This I'm is not just being, like, this is what he not, does. This
1: is what his whole jam exactly. is. Exactly.
0: I am not saying like, oh, they were MAGA or they were right wing and I'm calling them. Nope. No, I am talking about yeah.
1: neo-Nazis. It's like their whole, that's their whole yeah. explicit. It's not like yeah. we're saying you are. It's like they are, they, these, no, people, these this, are the they accounts that are like, we are, we <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. yeah
0: exactly. Oh my god. And the fact that these people were tweeting whatever. Oh, and by the way, I know that Elon has officially changed the platform's name to X or whatever. I'm not gonna say that. No,
1: we're fuck that. Fuck fuck that. that. No. Uh Uh-uh.
0: But um Elon Musk basically promoted the hashtag because he liked several tweets by this Keith Woods guy, one of the initiators of the thing. And then he quote tweeted some Scandinavian ultra conservative, I don't know, woman who was saying ban the ADL. And um, in his quote tweet, Elon said something like, maybe we should have a poll about it. <sighs> okay. So this is bad. I tweeted about it because I was like, this isn't worth pointing out that this hashtag is being not only allowed to trend, where normally it is a hate hashtag. It should be not allowed to trend. But not only that, but he's also promoting it. He's supporting it and giving it more air because he has a couple million, fo- several million followers. I don't know how many fucking million followers I'm I mean, a to lot have. of
1: them are fake, but okay. I was going to say, okay. he has
0: 156 million followers, at least two or three million of whom might be real people. So- that's a lot of reach. And when he promotes something, when he likes something, when he responds to something, much less quote tweets it, it's gonna fucking blow up. And 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 I found that that aspect of it concerning. Okay, a little bit of background. Back in May, don't forget, Elon has already tweeted anti-Semitic shit, right? Yes. This yes. is not brand new here. He he himself had tweeted something about George Soros. That I don't even remember what it was, but it was some dog whistly shit about George Soros. Yeah, and he tweeted a tweet that used the numbers fourteen and eighty eight in the same tweet. Yeah, for those unfamiliar, those are Nazi like code numbers. They have a bunch of code numbers that mean things to them. It refers to, I, we don't have to. It's, it's just it's a, it's, it's, it's Nazi stuff. Whatever. But it was like. Not a coincidence that he happened to use those two numbers in the tweet. It was like so fucking obvious what he was doing. He's done a few things like that, which has garnered some criticism from the ADL, directly from the ADL.
1: Didn't um, he replatform a Nazi who was banned for sharing oh, child yeah, sexual content? I mean, yes, like, yes. isn't
0: that he reinstated someone who had been banned for that specific reason? Like, it's it's all just a complete shit show uh but this this got interesting to me and it's why i'm bringing this up because i feel like through all of this through letting all of the band accounts come back on his own little sly plausible deniability wink wink anti-semitism yes it's all bad but it just it went from that to just straight up unvarnished anti-Semitism with this ban the ADL hashtag. So shortly, like a day or two after all of that happened with the hashtag, in fact, I could put a date on it, it was September 4th, Elon tweeted, to be super clear, I'm pro-free speech, but against anti-Semitism of any kind. Which is like, okay. Some user responded, some, you know, sycophantic Twitter Asked Licker, responded, Who right. was questioning this? Right. To which Elon replied, Since the acquisition, the ADL has been trying to kill this platform by falsely accusing it and me of being anti Semitic. He goes on in the next tweet Our US advertising revenue is still down 60%, primarily. <laughs> 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 Sorry. It's okay. It's laughable. Our U.S. advertising revenue is still down 60%, primarily due to pressure on advertisers by ADL. That's what advertisers tell us. So they almost succeeded in killing X slash Twitter, exclamation. He goes on. If this continues, we will have no choice but to file a defamation suit against, ironically, the, quote, anti-defamation, unquote, league. If they lose the defamation suit, we will insist that they drop the anti part of their name since obviously dot 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 crying laughing face. (sighs) This to me, I mean, it's this is just leagues above, you know, oblique references to George Soros or whatever. He's straight up blaming the Jews for advertisers leaving Twitter.
1: Yeah. And the Jews that are that are forcing this kind of censorship, and meanwhile, he's doing all of these things so that people can't link to the New York Times, so that people can't link to NPR. Right, like, right, right. It's no, so. It, I, I mean, mean, he's he's a massive
0: hypocrite with the free speech thing. Like that is clear. Um, but but this isn't even about free speech. Honestly, this is he's first of all admitting that ad revenue is down sixty percent. Yeah, he's straight up saying. Twitter is failing. I cannot sustain this. Uh, My creditors cannot sustain this. And I need someone to blame. And, you know... Who am I going to blame? Always go with the classics. Never go out of style. They never go out of style. It's not exactly original to to blame the Jews, to scapegoat the Jews for your financial bad choices.
1: So somebody... uh, at Hugh EFC1 posted um, a note from Twitter. After reviewing the available information, we want you le- to let you know that at jews 72 hasn't broken our safety policies. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we are blaming the Jews for the fact that businesses don't want, don't
0: want it. Advertise on Twitter anymore. Now, the reason people don't want to advertise on Twitter, there are many. Uh, you know, a lot of it started with Elon opening up blue check verification to anyone who paid. And then people started making fake accounts of major brands and they had a blue check. So it looked like the real account. And a right. lot of brands immediately stopped, paused, at least paused their advertising, if not permanently suspended it, because that that's a bad look. It's a bad environment. But from there, Elon has just gone on to make all kinds of business decisions that have just been stupid. And he's bleeding users. And he let all these Nazis on. And that's another thing. Like, at least two brands that we know of for sure, definitely pulled their ads specifically because their ads were showing up directly adjacent to actual Nazi posts. Correct. Like, like actual like swastika shit. And they were like, nope. Don't, don't. want to be associated with that. Sorry, right. just don't want to be associated with that. They don't want to be on Twitter because Twitter is a shit show. And there are better places for them to spend their ad spend. So Elon is blaming the ADL for driving them away by lying to them and telling them that um, there's too much anti-Semitism or hate speech in general on Twitter. Oh, also, side note, the courts have definitely weighed in on this. And calling somebody anti-Semitic or calling some statement anti-Semitic is protected Free speech. Yeah. It is not defamation or lying yeah. or slander. But he also tweeted this The ADL, because they are so aggressive in their demands to ban social media accounts for even minor infractions, are ironically the biggest generators of anti Semitism on this platform.
1: It's their fu- You know what? They were asking for it. Okay. It's
0: the Jews' fault that people are anti Semitic.
1: That's right. So I just want to, I don't know that we've ever discuss this term. Uh, It's called DARVO. I don't, we've never talked about, just surprising that we've never talked about DARVO. Um, DARVO is an acronym that stands for a manipulative tactic used by abusers. So DARVO stands for deny, attack, and reverse victim and offender. So this is something that we see a lot of abusers use. I didn't do that. You did that. I'm the one who's being hurt. You're the one who's doing the bad thing. Yes. This is absolutely what we're seeing him do. I didn't do any anti-Semitism. You guys, we're going to sue you for defaming us. You are the offender. You are the reason for more anti-Semitism. I'm the victim here.
0: In addition to just updating everyone on this saga, I am interested in this for a number of reasons. One of them is like, I am no stranger to anti-Semitism on Twitter. Anti-Semitism on Twitter and I go way back. <laughs> and uh, I'm an old pro at this. I, I've been uh, around Twitter through the 2016 election and Gamergate before that, like, I've seen some shit, okay?
1: I'm sorry, I will never forget the person who said that he could smell your Jew period.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, it, was, it was, I can smell your period blood from three states away,
1: Jew. Wow. <laughs> I
0: just, I don't know, it wow. still cracks me up. I going to get wow. into that a little more in a second. I just want to <laughs> say that, when I saw "Bad the ADL" trending, and I clicked on it, and I saw who was tweeting and what they were tweeting, it upset me in a way that uh, that the previous stuff didn't. And part of that is the fact that it was simply trending; that it's a trending topic. Uh, right. In the past, Twitter has been very careful to squash, squelch the trending of anything that's just like blatantly racist or hateful in that way. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a way in which I was like, "Oh, like something has shifted. There's no more coy, plausible deniability. It's like I could feel it, right?" But um, also, I want to talk a little bit about the ADL because, as I said, when, at the opening of this topic, when I clicked on it, I wasn't sure if it was going to be anti-Semitism. I thought it could very well be people with a gripe about the ADL that could have some degree of merit because the Anti-Defamation League is not beyond criticism.
1: Absolutely
0: not. And one of the most common things I saw on the hashtag was the assertion that if you criticize the ADL, they will call you anti-Semitic. The idea that Jews, because that's what they mean, let's be real, but that the ADL is using accusations of anti-Semitism to silence people. Here's the thing is that they do accuse people of anti-Semitism when it's not warranted. The ADL is a very, very pro-Israel organization. Yes. And um, now you and I are (laughs) pro-Israel in the sense of Israel is a country and it
1: exists
0: it, that exists and you know we we actually we should tell the listeners we recorded an episode about Israel
1: oh man we wound up never
0: um, releasing it. it yeah, yeah never mm-hmm. releasing it because um I think we drank too much but it's just it's too hard to talk about yeah and and yeah the gist of it is everyone's wrong Everyone in the discourse is fucking wrong. And the discourse is framed all wrong because it's true. A lot of Jewish people, especially American Jews, are very quick to accuse people of anti-Semitism when those people are critical of Israel or too supportive in their minds of the Palestinians and their rights. This is true. It is also true that a lot of people who criticize Israel are (laughs) anti-Semitic. Yes. And, yes. And use yes. Israel as an opportunity to express anti-Semitic ideas.
1: All of these things are true at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and also, Israel currently is an apartheid state. Yes. And also, Israel is going through much of what we are going through in this country in that it was this super left-wing country mm-hmm. with left-wing government that got taken over by this sort of crazy right-wing Likud government that has been changing it into this extremist state that makes the possibility for some kind of coexisting future look increasingly grim. Right. That is also impossible. true, which yes. makes it really hard to have the conversation. Exactly. Because exactly. also, Because also at the same time – at the moment where Israel came into statehood, there was this worldwide Holocaust that everybody contributed to and nobody did want the Jews. And there was a way in which, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was,
1: I mean, it's very complicated is what we're saying.
0: It is complicated and um, people get very heated about it. And people treat these issues like it's very black and white and
1: they're very certain And I would say particularly American Jews who do not live in Israel. Yes. Talk to Israelis. Israelis will break down in critical precision how fucked up it is as a country in a way that American Jews cannot stomach because to them Israel is a symbol and not a place with real problems that have to be taken apart very carefully.
0: Right. And uh, I, a lot of American Jews, I mean, I know I grew up with this. I know that, like, for my grandparents uh, and for my parents' generation, it, it's very much like the survival of the Jewish people depends on the survival of Israel. Like, they see it that way. And there have been groups <laughs> involved in the conflict in Israel who... um have expressed ideas about wanting Israel not to exist at all, right? It's not just that we want to end this apartheid state, but also, like, we want to end this state. We want this (laughs) state not to exist. And when my parents hear that, they hear, kill all Jews. Like, that is how that sounds to them. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying that a lot of people are not capable of really, like, speaking and thinking with a lot of nuance about this. And the ADL is in that picture. The ADL is overzealous often in going after people who it perceives as too critical of Israel. And they do very readily throw that accusation of anti-Semitism out there. So in that context, where that is a thing that is happening, these actual, like, Nazi anti-Semites, these white nationalists, kind of jump into the conversation and say, the ADL just accuses everyone of anti-Semitism, who disagrees with them, who they don't like. And you're like, there's a weird kernel of truth in that, or like, a, it's not
1: even kernel of truth, but well, it's like... it's not a kernel of truth. That's its stated purpose. Anti-Defamation right. yeah. League. Yes. Like... They are there to illuminate, and they were founded at a time where we talked about this in the anti-Semitism episode. They were founded and were doing work at a time where the biggest radio host in America, the guy who made Tucker Carlson look like some public cable access yo, Father Coughlin, who had the biggest listenership of anyone, was a rabid anti-Semite where Henry Ford was publishing books called The International Jew. Right, They came into existence as an organization at a time where highlighting this as difficult and problematic and dangerous was their whole purpose for existing. So yeah, if their whole Jam is being like, that seems like it could be anti-Semitic. Yes, that is the purpose of their organization, right. and it has been right. that way of for course, a very long time. Of course, of course. But what I am
0: suggesting, of course, and I think you're agreeing with, is that what they've pointed out as anti-Semitic has not always actually been. Absolutely. And it, Absolutely. Like, they um, they were, like, against Nelson Mandela uh, right. for ages like they would not come out in in support of Nelson Mandela and against apartheid because he compared apartheid in South Africa to, uh, to apartheid the apartheid in, state in of Israel. Palestine absolutely um, and like they didn't acknowledge the uh, Armenian genocide for like yep. ages yeah you no know, that they, they've had their problems as an organization and and so It's just that like we can we can have a conversation like that theoretically. I know we can't, I know it cannot happen in this fucking country. But like theoretically, there could be a conversation about like what types of things can you say about Israel that are not okay and what things are okay, or how and when how are we gonna do better?
1: How are we gonna do better about having a real nuanced live? honest difficult conversation about the apartheid state of Palestine right and like how are we going to have this as a real conversation yeah. like really really but
0: that is not what this is
1: uh-uh. this is no, not no, no. people
0: who are concerned about those issues at all these are hate groups and one of the missions of the ADL since the 70s has been it like they work with the FBI to monitor, identify and monitor extremist groups in the United States. That's what they do. These are the people they are monitoring who are lashing out for being labeled, defamed, called anti-Semitic. Again, it does go back to that Darvo sort of thing. It's like, if you say to someone, you have harmed me, you have harmed the Jewish people or you have put us in danger or whatever. The response is that the fact that you said that is an insult to me. You are harming me by saying that I harmed you. Right. So that's part of the reason why this is happening at all. is because these these specific individuals, these people, these groups, they have a beef with the ADL for monitoring them and calling them out for what they are but there's also a thing where like i noticed a lot of people talking about how the adl was a leftist organization and uh elon said they were infected with the woke mind virus and the adl has always had a fairly progressive aside from those few things i mentioned where it was like a little iffy on it's, south african it's, it's apartheid the israel, see?
1: well no it's, it's anything related thing. to israel it's the israel thing that's like exactly. the uh
0: it's this crazy blind spot thing that they have but like in the 50s they were opposed to mccarthyism in the 60s they supported civil rights and the civil rights act more recently they were opposed to proposition 8 which was going to make gay marriage illegal in California. Um, they filed amicus briefs in the hobby lobby decision and some other Supreme Court cases where they were opposed to the hobby lobby decision, which was the one that said that um, employers do not have to cover birth control birth control on yeah, uh, yeah employee uh, health coverage and and um, ADL opposes that because that's against the principle of freedom of religion. Though the Hobby Lobby lawyers and plaintiffs would say they were arguing for their freedom of religion there, and the right. ADL, it always like it's easy for Jews to see freedom of religion <laughs> for what it really right. is,
1: right? Well, and I feel like that's one of the things that is interesting about uh, generally the things that the ADL has supported. And something that we see in these moments that we saw in Weimar Germany, that certain things go together. Mm. And anti-Semitism goes with other forms of suppression of civil rights. Uh, Anti-Semitism and misogyny Mm -hmm. and this kind of you know, anti-trans stuff, the gender stuff, fascism. Umberto Eco talks about it. Exactly. Exactly. So like fascism tends to have a sort of pattern that it goes with. And the ADL tends to support things that are, or they're going to come out against things that are part of this pattern of fascism, that anti-Semitism and the the anti-Semitic conspiracy Yes. Often reveals itself as. So they seem to have a historical understanding <laughs> yeah. of how this shit works.
0: They do. That, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's
1: really well noted. So speaking about that, we see this ban the ADL, which is like a huge white nationalist nazi hashtag being taken up by the head of twitter and brought and this is something that we've been seeing throughout the past i don't know i mean i would say definitely since 2016 2015 and the thing that the white nationalists were the most excited about i know that i've shared having read this book rising up out of hatred by eli saslow about how um The son of the founder of Stormfront, which is the major Nazi website, went to New College in Florida, which is kind of this – it's a state college for, like, weirdos and queers. It's like – it's like (laughs) for the really smart kids who are all weirdos. Tiny university. And – He went there to get his degree. He was this brilliant self-taught kid. His parents had pulled him out of the public schools and he spent his childhood developing like the Stormfront website and like Stormfront for Kids and like he was going to be the future of white supremacists. Like he he was the future of white supremacy. And he went to new college and all of his classmates found out that he was this son of white supremacist uh, royalty. And they basically were like, we're going to pull him out of this. And so these two Jewish friends of his started inviting him to Shabbat and anyway, it's this, oh, wow. it's an amazing book. I recommend everybody reads it partly because you're like, god, it took a lot of work, a lot of a lot of students doing a lot of very precise work to save this one soul. Wow. yeah. But a lot of the book is also about how he was being pulled out of white supremacism suprematism and white nationalism which he was At literally the heart of, like, David Duke is his godfather. Oh, wow. He, I mean, his his mom was David Duke's first wife. So his half-sisters are like, David Duke is their dad. Like, it's this very intense community, and he was supposed to take the mantle of it. And he was being pulled out of white nationalism as white nationalism was being mainstreamed under Trump's election. Oh, how interesting. It's a an amazing book. I will post a link to it. He's a really brilliant person and the story you'll read it in like one, you know, bathtub sitting. It's a it's an easy but really amazing read. I've read it a couple of times. But what we're talking about is the ways in which these extreme and we're seeing it more and more and more, where we're seeing just like Republican senators doing george soros dog whistles we're, i mean we talked about yeah, this on our last yeah, we, episode we did a
0: whole episode on Antisport. how this is like
1: mainstreaming this extremist or re-mainstreaming this extremist conspiracist language yeah um and one thing that you noted which i would love you to talk about you were you texted me you're like the fun anti-Semitism of 2016—it's like it's changed. Like the quality of the anti-Semitism that you're receiving mm-hmm. has changed, and and it is back to you saying that it was like these are like things people were saying about the Talmud in like the 14th century. Like, talk about that. <laughs> okay, all
0: right. So in 2015, 2016—that's when I first started getting a lot of anti-Semitic messages on Twitter and that like really blew up around the time of the election it's when the alt-right sort of like came into prominence or came into being I don't know uh you, it was right on the heels of GamerGate, so there was already all kinds of misogynistic harassment and stuff like that happening, and like it, it was a pretty bad time.
1: Misogynistic harassment that was very much framed as, "How dare you say things are misogynist? You fucking whore bitch! Oh uh, yeah, no. cunt face! Like how dare how dare you highlight these horrible things that we're doing? You cunt cow whore bitch! Right?
0: You fat lesbian." Cat owner, Basically,
1: like, you you cunts who don't get dick and you don't want dick and how don't dare you not want dick,
0: right? Yeah, a lot of that.
1: I want to rape you. I want to yeah, just rape exactly. you. Like, you like should okay, get raped. okay. I, yeah, it's yeah. all of that.
0: It's all yeah, of that. Yeah. All that stuff. There was a lot of that. Um, and the, the anti-Semitism stuff, kind of like the first time I received it, uh, was like a couple of tweets that were talking about how the Jews um, are trying to destroy America by using diversity and inclusion as a cover oh, to big force one. everyone That's to accept a big one. The, mo- the mongrel races. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And big one. Wh- Huge. When I
0: saw that, and we're talking about, I don't know, 2014 or 2015? I don't know. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, this person's crazy. Like, I got a, I've gotta, got a, a, a delusional person here. And it wasn't until a little bit after that that I was like, oh, no, that is actually their doctrine." Mm-hmm. That is, a, that is a thing that they talk about on their websites and on the 4chan, you know, and all of that stuff. But the stuff you would get that I would get at that time, there were a lot of memes. And if they weren't horribly anti-Semitic and terrible, like, at least they they were kind of funny. Like, you know, there was a lot of peppy memes where, it, I don't know, it had a flair. It had a flair to it. Um... The stuff that I was seeing on Twitter this past couple weeks was a lot more like the stuff you see in the Holocaust Museum. Like where they have their room and their like film on the history of anti-Semitism. And they're like, in medieval times, people blame Jews for this and that. But it's, it's stuff like that. The common themes are like, that Jews have been, they love to talk about how Jews have been expelled from, they claim 109 countries, which is not true. But but that's a, a code number. Right. Um, they'll, they'll talk about how, um, basically, the Jews are parasites. They may use the word parasites. Yes. Uh, vermin. I was right. called vermin oh wow yeah directly no I was I was called an anti-white vermin oh because that was a big theme on the ban the ADL hashtag was that that the ADL hates whites and wants white genocide big one yeah
1: well I mean and that was a huge thing I I know I've mentioned this before where um when I was writing about Paul Manafort and cuck porn in which uh white women have sex with black men and that's a big thing um that a lot of the people on these extremist websites on Stormfront and whatever, like, that's because those are run by Jews. Like, Jews are putting out this porn right, to support the production of a Mongol race. Yeah,
0: yes. Mongrel race, yeah. They the Jews want intermarriage. They want you to accept yes. the inferior races or whatever.
1: And and so the Jews are also very like, oh no, Jews are very pro-multiculturalism, like and multiculturalism is no multiculturalism. The Jews support the Jews are
0: Marxist, communists. Yes, multicultural yes. diversity, multiculturalist, like, all that yeah.
1: stuff. Um, very much so. But but mm-hmm. there's
0: a lot of like, uh, they. They go and destroy their host countries and then get kicked out of their host countries and then start the cycle again in a new host country, you know, oh, like, like a, a parasite. Like a parasite.
1: Yeah, like a parasite.
0: A number of tweets I've come across in recent days have talked about the Talmud. Uh, not to get into oh my God. incredible detail about this. Yeah, but like, how would you explain what the Talmud is? Okay,
1: the the Talmud is basically volumes of legal debate. So like when Jesus was arguing with the priests in the temple, they're arguing Talmud law. So Talmud isn't just like religious stuff. A lot of it is like, if, you know, Joseph's cow kicks a stone and it breaks somebody's vase, who pays for the vase? Like it's law, it's law. It's the rabbis would sort of argue social law and life. And people study it.
0: Right. There's like this long oral tradition of that uh, that was eventually written down. And then for like 300 years, from like 300 to 600 or something, other rabbis argued about that. And that got written down. So it's like commentary on the sort of Hebrew Bible and then commentary on that commentary. It's like the most esoteric, Stuff, But it is like what the the practical practice of Judaism is sort of based on, right?
1: Yes. And and Judaism is very much kind of just a practical religion. Like I always (laughs) think about the ways that Jews deal with death, where it's like there's the thing you do in the first week after somebody dies and then in the first month and then in the first year, like a lot of Jewish rituals are very much based in in what it is to be a human who has, like, human feelings. It's very, like, embodied, which is why Jews also are pro-abortion and saving the life of the mother. Like, it's very kind of concrete, just kind of shit. Yes. The
0: reason I'm bringing it up is that uh, these tweets I was seeing were claiming that the Talmud says... All these, like, horrible things. The Talmud says, like, you should kill all Gentiles. All these supposed quotes. And I was like, that's uh, interesting. Like, I haven't personally read Talmud because no one has. If you're not actually a <laughs> rabbi, if you're not actually like an ordained rabbi.
1: Or if you're not actually growing up in a super religious. If you're in a
0: super religious community and you're going to a yeshiva school, you you might study Talmud. I don't know. So I, I thought this was interesting. So I was like looking it up. I was like, "What what, what is this coming from? And yeah, it dates back to the 13th, 14th centuries. This was a thing, like, I didn't even know about this, but it was a thing. In a couple of different European countries, I think there was one in France and there's one in Spain, they had these um, trials, basically, where usually converted Jews uh, would levy these accusations about the Talmud. Including that it was anti-Jesus, that it said all these disparaging things about Jesus, which I found out in researching this, that the Talmud might mention Jesus. There is mention of like, Yeshu the Nazarene, that seems like pretty clear it was Jesus. And it's like, I guess that makes sense. Like, at the time they were writing this down or sharing this oral tradition, like, he was a guy. He was a guy they
1: knew of. He was a guy. They were having arguments with yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he was
0: like starting this new sort of offshoot of Judaism and they were like, mm, "That's not mm-hmm. the real deal, but a I lot of people know. are starting to follow it." And now we yeah. better we, we better talk let's, about what really
1: happened with that guy. Let's have okay? a discussion about this cuz that's mostly what the Talmud is. It's a discussion. It's, it's not all like a discussion. this is right. it's all like and then this guy said this and this guy said that and then when people read it they're like, "Oh, this was what the debate was." It's not like and this is what the truth is. It's like this is what the debate was
0: that's why it's very easy to pull out a passage and be like the talmud says you should you know have sex with your livestock and it's like no it's like rabbi rav so-and-so said my neighbor said you should have sex with your livestock but what would be the proper punishment for that? <laughs> like you can do, yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah, out of context. Yeah. It's, like, a it's, it's a, a debate. It's a debate. They're posing. They're posing all these questions and talking about them. And there may even be someone putting forward an idea that sounds very offensive to modern ears. It doesn't mean that the Talmud is saying that it's landing on that as the correct answer. But um, there were these disputations in France and Spain and I think another country where rabbis were asked to defend the talmud and they were like look there's a lot of people named yeshu okay yeah (laughs) we can't say for sure they were talking about jesus your jesus like we just we just don't think so
1: well it's also so interesting because it's so like these extremists to be like it says this in the talmud and they must that must be what they believe because these are people who are like every word in the bible is true it's like no, no, that's, that's not, not how Jews how ever deal with the text. they're, they're the literalist Jew is like, nah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but yeah, what what I what I was amazed by the quotations, like the things that they were saying about the Talmud. It's not just the fact that they were spreading misinformation about Talmud. It's like the actual fake quotations from Talmud date back to the Middle Ages. I, I'm seeing this on Twitter. Th- this just nonsense about it. I like that's some
1: enduring shit, Mike. Well, well, I know that I've shared this before, and if I hadn't, I'd be shocked because it was one of my biggest finds of the plague archives. Is that the communities that had the biggest anti Jewish pogroms during the outbreaks of plague in the 1300s were the communities with the most virulent Nazis? In the 1900s, mm-hmm. there are these two economists from UCLA that actually like studied where the biggest anti-Jewish plague pogroms were and then correlated that with the most virulent and aggressive Nazis 600 years later. And they correlated essentially one to one. It endures. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: That That's what... Uh, has really struck me about this this anti-Semitism I've been seeing lately. It's not this, like, cutesy 4chan, we're going to put it in a meme or a cartoon. Well, yes,
1: because as we've discussed with 4chan, as the Rebbe said with 4chan, (laughs) um, as we've discussed with 4chan that part of the sort of 2016 memeing was that there was the plausible deniability where it's like, we're just going to say this because it's so offensive and it's right. going to hurt your feelings. Exactly. And we're not saying that we really believe in this stuff. We're just trying to be outrageous. And it's that kind of free but speech. also we really believe it. But also and- we really believe it. But also we're just being outrageous. And yeah. I feel like that's something that in this moment, we seem to be passing through the whole like, we should be able to use whatever word we want because it's it's just a joke. Like, we don't right. really care about anything. Get a thicker we don't skin. Get a thicker skin. We're just joking. We should be able to make whatever wild kind of joke we want. Get over it. And this seems like a little different. It is definitely
0: different. It It feels <sighs> different. And like I said, part of the reason it feels different is that it's so much like coming from the top. It's not just this bubbling underneath. They don't know what to do about it. Uh, Jack is using a light hand because he doesn't know how to moderate or doesn't want to. Because
1: we are free speech place, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. This is like
0: no, it's being actively promoted here, and. I mean, I'm taking some comfort in realizing that it's going to contribute to further sinking this platform and
1: finally burying it. I mean, I feel like what it's also making me think of, obviously, which I know we've mentioned, is that we are watching the extremity of the anti-Me Too and anti-March for Black Lives backlash. Yes. Where we have this moment where people say the truth of the awfulness and people have to sit in the truth of that and apologies are made and discussions are had and it feels very radical and the scales are pulled from our eyes and we see it and the aggression of anti-black backlash Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: this moment where the the veil is ripped off and we have to see
0: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. is insane, is profound and crazy and insane. And it's the same where women had this moment where they're like, we're going to tell our truth and speak our truth. And so many women are like, "God, why didn't I speak my truth? And now we're seeing men immediately um, suing women for defamation, right, right. for having spoken their truth. Men are like, oh, we're not going to sit down and just take this. And they're using all of the power of the infrastructure and the structure at their disposal to shut that open door closed. Yes. And we're seeing it with Black Lives Matter. We are seeing it with Me Too. And what's crazy is that we're seeing it with anti Semitism. And I think that as we spoke about with with our anti-semitism episode we felt like jews have been brought into whiteness and you felt like nazis being bad was kind of eternal and now that the quote greatest generation the people fought the nazis are dying the eternal nazis are bad it's like maybe that's not forever man it, that's really weird to think. And it's – the examples you gave
0: of, like, Me Too and March for Black Lives are interesting because the Jews haven't had to do that recently. Yes. Right? Like, we've just been kind Correct. of chugging along.
1: Yeah. Chugging along and, with our white privilege. like, yeah, to, Like, totally it, chilling with our white privilege. White. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so it's weird. It feels – Out of left field, but I will also reiterate something I've said before, what I think I said in our anti-Semitism episode, which is like, it's a symptom. It's not about Jews. Like the Jews are fine. We're going to be fine. It's, it's a symptom of, of a really serious problem, a deep rot. And I think that that, it, it goes to what you're saying about like March for Black Lives, because I think that when white anxiety Yes. Gets activated so intensely these things come up. Like all of this rot comes up to the surface.
1: And and the anxiety over a true challenge to unquestioned white power.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So uh, sorry to bum y'all out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, it's the world we're living in right now. I I don't love it. Again, I'm looking back with some measure of uh, nostalgia for when the anti-Semitism was a little more jaunty,
1: right? A little more fun. Where where it was where it was more like, ooh, we're gonna say the bad thing right. just because we want to say the bad thing, as opposed to like, no, we believe that. You have a Jew period that I can spell. Like, no. yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. It's not just trying to offend you. It's like, oh, you, you seriously believe? You,
1: you like, seriously believe I have horns? Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, they've always been around these folks. Now they just have their own, their very own platform just for them. <laughs> is what is what that's going to be over there on Twitter.
1: Well, listeners, we are here with each other. We are not those people. And we're together and uh, be with us. Come yes. join us on patreon.com slash sauce podcast. Join us on our discord channel. Email us, find us on the social media platforms that are not Twitter, but you can find us on Twitter too. And, and still there for now. And, and just uh, let's continue building our community. Yes. In this time that feels so grim because <laughs> we certainly feel very grateful to have you we do
0: and we do love hearing from you so uh you can email us we are saucepodcast at gmail.com did you already say that Mm-mm. great then you have that as well in addition to the social medias you can find me rebecca as at gynostar on all the various platforms
1: you can find me at maya Garance, anywhere you're looking for maya garances
0: let us know what else
1: you'd like us to ruin and also let us know what you're seeing so i think that's something that i find really interesting like on the ground where you are what are Mm. you hearing what are you seeing what real weird rumbles do you see coming your way that you didn't see five years ago we really want to know both
0: on social media and in real life because Mm -hmm. there may be an extent to which the internet is not real life (laughs) but uh tell us your experience and we'll be back with more stuff to ruin soon all right guys adios amibas